Today is February 16th, 2020, and in this week's episode of Tech Talks with Teachers, I'll be talking about what you need for your virtual learning survival guide. So as I said, it's uh, 16th of February, uh, Sunday, I'm sitting here in uh, Phuket, Thailand, when I really should be in uh, Shanghai, China. But we decided to leave um, due to the coronavirus outbreak and to, to be able to work from here. Having said that, I really want to get back. I want to be back in the classroom with the, the kids and my, my colleagues and friends, you know, just connecting and getting on with uh, our jobs. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, as far as I know, or officially, like uh, schools in Shanghai won't be opening up till March 2nd, and that's at the very earliest. I'm predicting more middle of March. Anyway, so instead of looking out at the, the Shanghai skyline, which is not really much to see there from my third floor apartment, but I'm looking out on the sun setting over Patong Beach in southern Thailand. And I am very grateful to be uh, to recording this to be recording this uh, podcast from this particular spot. Um, but like I said, we've given up uh, a lot of our routines. Uh, and for example, I had a listy conference coming up, which is cancelled. Uh, first Lego League robotics competition that the kids were so looking forward to, but now no longer will be happening. But anyway, here we are. So. Uh, when we first, or when I first learned that uh, we were going to be doing virtual learning, I my mind kind of went to Hunger Games, which is a bit weird. But I personally like felt fully prepared, and so I should end the technology integrator for upper school. Having said that, I did feel that some of my colleagues and students and their families may have felt like a character in Hunger Games during the countdown to grab their weapons and open up the supply boxes, not knowing who would survive and what would lie within each box. Except, our faculty and students are not expecting to find weapons but instead apps, training and tutorials inside the boxes. Moreover, they are not fighting for their lives but instead, they're fighting to learn virtually and to keep our community going strong. And our school motto? Once a dragon always a dragon is very close to my heart right now so what will our participants our students faculty friends and families expect to find inside this box this, this virtual learning survival guide well i was tremendously excited about what we could achieve with our technology and furthermore it struck me that every teacher was without question being upskilled in a way that i could never have imagined they were about to address with or without knowing it, every single ISTE educator standard, particularly the learner, over the coming hours, days and weeks. That being said, we, or I and, and my team, wanted to limit what tools and apps that we would put inside this box. After all, we didn't want to overwhelm our participants. My reason for this is that low teachers certainly have the content and pedagogical knowledge, not to mention the passion to teach but they may not have all the technological knowledge that is required, which according to TPAC is vital to be efficient. So armed with this information, I put the following apps inside the survival box. Manage back, Microsoft Teams and Microsoft Stream, and of course, Flipgrid. And here's a breakdown. Manage back. We've actually been using this at our school for a few years now mostly to deliver resources, assign summative and formative dates, 
communicate through the internal asynchronous messaging service. The students and their parents are competent users of it, given its ubiquitous use in school and several coffee mornings that we've put on to educate them. However, early on we hit an unanticipated snag. And I dare say that many of you might be aware of the Great Firewall here in China. But here's the thing, ManageBack had actually moved their servers earlier last year from, I think it was Canada or the USA, to China in order to improve performance. Sounds like a great idea, right? Well, yes and no. The problem is that a lot of our students and faculty aren't in China at the minute. So they started to experience a range of issues, mostly uploading files. And now, as you can imagine, this caused quite a bit of a problem and undue stress to people already in a stressful situation. So enter our next contender, Microsoft Teams. Our technology department has been using Teams for over a year now, and we all love the accessories that come with it, from instant messaging to integrated OneNote notebooks, and from adding gifts to a message to hosting live events for up to 10,000 people. This is the only app that I have not introduced to faculty that's actually inside the box today, although all the students I teach use it. This decision was made earlier in the year as we did not want to overburden staff, as we're all very busy, as you can imagine. But now, the time is nigh. And given that this will be the new app for almost all of our community, I set about creating a few video tutorials to help everyone on their way. I also have started my first ever online live lessons with my students and co-teacher, Mr. Greg Reed, and I loved it. I love being able to uh, talk to my students again, and it was such a great opportunity to re-establish some of those lost connections. I also created a team group, or group as it's known in teams, for all the faculty that I work with and that I support, so that they can reach out to me if they need troubleshooting, updates, or even just some ideas for integrating technology. Something interesting happened though. In that, only a small percentage of people were active and are active, and most of them remain lurkers, like myself, or like I used to be. And that brought me back to course one and Coattail, whenever we, one of our first tasks was to talk about making connections and lurking on the internet. In fact, it's now been two weeks since we introduced Teams with faculty, and students. And this has actually led me to, rather than just rely on my own knowledge, but to read, to read more and to look at articles surrounding virtual learning. And I came across this quite fascinating paper from uh, Northumbria University titled, Communities of Practice and Virtual Learning Communities Benefits, Barriers and Success Factors. Jackpot. And I found it, of course, on Google Scholar. Thank you, Coattail. It discusses the concept of a virtual community of practice which is essentially what I clumsily stumbled into with the creation of this survival guide in Microsoft Teams. However, I do appreciate it having a cool acronym, COP, Community of Practice. But another key point is one that will take time, and but certainly has been expedited given the current situation. And that is the need for technology to be accepted in transparent, a transparent form of communication for everyone involved. Moving on, we're going to talk about Steam and Flipgrid. And these are the final two pieces in the box at the minute. Stream, not Steam, is Microsoft's answer to YouTube. And Flipgrid, of course, my infatuation with this app grows every day. Let's move on to Stream. 
Stream was an easy win for most of our faculty and students, given that it is a video sharing platform and one that you do not need a VPN for, which of course is important in China. A really nice feature that only faculty and staff can access the videos, which gives us greater control. However, by far the most well thought out feature is the ability to embed quizzes in a video, which of course adds a layer of interactivity for those students watching and teachers to assess their learning. Moving on to Flipgrid. Flipgrid is just a superb tool that should be in everyone's tech toolkits, regardless of whether or not virtual learning is taking place. Flipgrid's tagline is empower every voice. And for me, that is realized in every video reply that a student or faculty uploads. I find that given the asynchronous nature of Flipgrid, students are way more likely to participate in Flipgrid than leaving messages managed back, for example, or speaking out during a live lesson in Microsoft Teams. In fact, during our first lesson of virtual learning, we had the students upload a video with these three questions. Where are you currently staying? What is on your mind at the moment? And what are your expectations regarding virtual learning? It was heartwarming to hear those responses from my students. It made me re-establish those connections which I'm yearning to, to get back to, and I'm sure they are too. It was also a nice icebreaker as well. And so, it is with all these tech tools, knowledge, skills, and understanding, that we will push on with this unexpected virtual learning journey. I'm your host, David, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of Tech Talks with Teachers.